minute. Crossface. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. It's episode 100. Guys, we did it. We did it. Thanks for thanks for coming on by episode yeah. 100. Hamish Blake. Little you did guys. you know, he's been here every episode, but just hasn't talked until Building today. Building up the courage. <laughs> waiting and waiting and waiting. You've been uh, looking after all the technical stuff for us. Guys, thanks for having me to the Centurion party. This is massive. This is huge. Centurion we- means 100? Certainly does. Right. Are you, are you feeling you, sick? I'll pop it in the show notes. <laughs> are you correct? Yeah. Show, show notes is one area. So that's just something I like saying on podcasts because other yeah. people have show notes. And this is, this is the first time I've had a podcast and I've been saying it just because I'm guys, the exact same thing. Look at the show notes. Um, you know, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of nuclear physics, I'll chuck some stuff in the show notes <laughs> on cold fusion that I've just been working on while I've been waiting to come on there. I'm really sorry I'm late because... Right down to the buzzer. It's almost 10 o'clock at night. Um, I'm sorry, it's a late episode. No, th- we've only done... How many late nights, do you think? Not many. Not many. No. So, like, I just... I, I would no, have mate, really you, felt you've terrible. Come, no, I, this is the thing. Like, you've come from S- Sydney. Yeah, flew. From Sydney. I flew down Real tonight. Big, big and, and tell me, you know, when you get... Like, I knew at the airport already in three hours' time there was going to be an issue because yeah. you just can see... You know, things are going into the pipeline that you Being know need, you just know need to get done for the kids. All sure. right, now we need to get to the car. Now we need to get home. Yeah. Then we need to feed them. Then there's going to be a wind down. Are oh, you like, with the family? Yeah, yeah, we were flying oh, back from Sydney. I thought so you were and by so, yourself. No, no, then you're like, it's late night. And I know there's traffic on like the like nine o'clock. It's not going to happen. So that's yeah. I already Mate, could just I already could see my my you know the world record line in the pool. I just see <laughs> it getting away from me into the future. Mate, that's more of a compliment. Thank you. For yeah. making this happen. Can and I say, I mean, I won't obviously say where we are, but you're house sitting at the moment. Yeah. Um, and in the suburb of Richmond in mm-hmm. Victoria. Yeah, correct. Celebrity news. Do you know who used to live down on the corner? No, who? Who? Roth McManus. Really? Yeah. Down that big place on the corner with the security cameras. Yeah. That oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Rove's compound in Rove days, really? heyday. And Roving Enterprises is now Nando's. Uh, on the in the, well, the building might be. I don't the, know if the, the company. Do- I don't <laughs> know if the company no, turned into no, Nando's. No, they do the Peribyrus. <laughs> no, great in, pivot, uh, Rove. Rove. <laughs> like a wonderful pivot. No, Rove, Rove, you know Rove. what people like? Line entertainment and chicken. <laughs> We're going to take the same Peri-peri principles salt. we applied to yeah. light entertainment and yeah. apply them to chicken and chips. I'm proud of the integration of our first sponsor, which is Nando. Yeah, exactly no. the uh, the BLT. No, the. Uh, yeah, because Roving Enterprises. Did you spend in Abbotsford? My- yeah, that was our old office. Is that yeah. a Nando's? Th- no, it's not a Nando's. It's their head office. Head office. Ah, yeah, head office. Yeah, good move from Nando's. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it was a good place. Well, what was the um? So that was the office space. Yep. So and it was recorded in. I oh, was that in Nanawadi. Yeah. Sure. So this is in Melbourne. So the, oh, the like out at the neighbours when it was yeah Channel Ten it was mm-hmm. Nanawadi. Oh, and then. It went to the... We were in the ABC studios for a few years, but it was still for Channel 10 in um, in Elstonwick in Melbourne. Like the, the mm-hmm. Spicks and Specs studio, the Countdown studio, that, 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 the compound, the ABC compound. I don't know how that worked. I think maybe the ABC sold their studios to a private company and then yeah. just like rented them back. Because, yeah, for the last two years, we were out at, at, um, at the ABC doing Rove. Oh, that's weird. Um, I always remember being in the car, but the last episode of Rove, the the like talk show Rove, yeah, I think it was like two thousand and ten or eleven, maybe. 
No, probably 2010, I reckon, the last yeah. episode. Of, and it was that thing of like, no one knew if it was coming back the year after. We hadn't really even thought about it. Mm. And then there was a bit of a rumour, oh, it's going to be the last show. But th- but they didn't want to do any pre-publicity for... It was it was an outside episode too. Sam Worthington was on it. I can't remember who else was on it. It was in the car park. Like It was yeah. a warm summer's night. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to do any publicity because they didn't want it to be... I think they didn't. I think they just opted against. This wasn't roving. I think it was Channel Ten going. We We're don't want to. Bets. Well, we, yeah, we don't want to go. It's his last. You know, watch his last episode, and then not have a an, a good enough number after the fact to <laughs> yeah. go. So we don't. Want it, we don't want it to be like a. Oh well, people expected two million and only eight hundred thousand watched. Yeah. So I remember it starting, and we was we Annie and I. We were like we just turn up every two weeks and hand over a tape. So we weren't really in the inner echelons of mm. like making the decision I just remember sitting on the st- sidelines and my wife was like did a, f- did a bit of a monologue made a few jokes was like and um, tonight's the last episode uh, so you know if you're on- and back then Twitter was a big thing and like it was like you know people were so excited if we were training like Twitter had just started it was like yeah. Yeah. so if you're at home you know text your friends tweet your friends tell them this is the last um, the last rove I think they wanted they opted for more of like an instant groundswell of everyone just rushing to the phones and being like mum put Channel 10 on it's the last rove than actually promoting it in advance and going this will be the last one So on it the, didn't work on the way it did not work <laughs> I want to ask you about like transitioning from different projects before we do admin for the daily talk show the podcast Sorry, that people are listening oh, yeah. to this is half an hour yeah. so no. <laughs> well we, we started uh, off you as, need to do two podcasts a day no, we, an admin one yeah. and a real one <laughs> exactly. no so I um, the daily talk show I'm Josh uh, the other guy's Tommy um, and uh, this is episode 100 and I've written down every single person who has sent us an email which in your game would obviously probably take up <laughs> well we have uh, computers <laughs> so we could we could generate a digital list digital. rather than have like, well, it's a handwritten it's exercise handwritten. It's, so it's, I just spent time I, w- I wanted to to thank the people who have over the last 100 episodes that's a great idea written an email Michelle Sean Jody BMAC Trevor Derek Russ and Robert so yeah because I'm reading that upside down I thought robot was the last person <laughs> so we're, Robert, we're now breaking into like machines that can listen and appreciate podcasts <laughs> we've so. actually got a couple of birthdays as well Neil, it's Neil's birthday today. Oh, good on you, Neil. Oh, hundredth episode. It's his birthday. We had two people, Neil and Chris. It's also Chris's birthday. Did they realise how many episodes out? Did they realise on Friday? Yeah, Friday. Friday okay, Neil reached as, out. I was sort of wondering if it was in like the seventies. <laughs> no, nah. this was probably the longest. They didn't think it would keep going. So <laughs> yeah. we, we didn't know the. Um, but the thing is that the um, we've been teasing. This is probably the longest tease in the sense of having you on. I think oh, it probably episode. Have you been getting notifications today from 60, us posting about I you did, coming I on did, the show? Instagram told me that you'd yeah, me. mentioned. Yeah. yeah, but uh, no. So I. Think that's why I said to Zoe, "Hey, we got to cut this Sydney shit trip short." <laughs> 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 shit, I'm so sorry. I told the guys I'd be back in Melbourne. Uh, what's the? Do you, what's been the biggest guest that you ever had on your show? Or what was the longest tease? Yep. That you ever did. The longest tease would be pretty different. There would be, uh, I'll give you a couple of categories. There would be some ill-placed um, teasers. Like, you know, now looking back on it, was it worth like talking up this person mm-hmm. so much or this band? Like, you know, like, hey, we've got Flo Rida coming up. You know, he's yeah. going to play he was live. Hot. Don't, don't 
But that rooftop performance. performance. I might. Um, <laughs> that was fun. Joshy, were, were you there for that? No, I remember I was. that was just before. I think that I had to take a bunch of tweets down because I think I tweeted about it and then soon after got a job at SEA and did a big cleanup. Dude, Dude I, was, I got so close to Flo Rider. He was on a security guy's shoulders and Flo is probably 140 kilos himself. He's massive. And on his back. But, but like jacked up. Like he's her, all protein. But he, I don't know if he forgets his name, but it says Flo Rider on his back. Just a, just, a, a, just as his cheat, cheat sheet. <laughs> but, all, all I remember from that, like, I mean, that was a great one, but we that seemed to be all over the station forever. Like, yeah, I just remember when he turned up, it was just a disproportionate level of him expecting. Like, he, I think he was like, I can't believe I'm doing a radio station in Melbourne. Like, come on, I'm was Flo that true? The, one of the um, I'm sorry, rooftop party, the Logies one. That might have even been for our because I can't. I oh, you know a, what it was? It was pre Logies spit roast. We were on at 4pm And he played He did like the 3 to 4 hour uh, It was the Flow Rider party But there was like A panic Because And this is another Free Nando's plug <laughs> He wanted chickens um, It's like he's a crocodile Yeah He wanted like Like eight, protein He wanted like, like 8 roast chickens That's and right And so everyone was like Rushing around getting him chickens Because he was just <laughs> It's almost like Survey result day You know <laughs> yeah, they were yeah, like Nando's order. But like Oh my god Like get Flo Rida chickens He needs chickens He needs, he needs <laughs> and like I think 10 he kilos bananas, of protein Bananas as well Because I was there that day and my, He might have just eaten Chickens and bananas <laughs> Like Because he's, he's ripped Like he obviously is on a Specific diet For muscle gain Yeah And the other two things He wanted he wanted one bottle of Cristal, and like it had, and we're like, man, come on, Flo, like, yeah. who are you? And then another bottle of Yellow Glen, like he wanted like super expensive champagne, then shit champagne. So they wanted to spray it, the audience. Yeah, and and but he sprayed the. He was like, I spray Cristal as a show of strength, oh, <laughs> and I want. But I just have in my green room. I don't mind what champagne I drink, but I must spray the expensive stuff. So it was a lot of it was like a lot of it was for show. Did you remember when he threw that like gold chain out to the crowd? Nah, had, I like, remember the gold chain he had on. That was a massive gold chain on. Threw it out to the crowd. Everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Like someone caught it. Like a woman caught it. She was like, "I can't believe I've like it was. It looks expensive." So she's probably like, "I think it was made a hundred grand here." And everyone, and then he just so he sprayed Cristal through his gold chain. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm fly rider. Like goes back to finish off two or three chickens or just some wings <laughs> or whatever. Bit of popcorn chicken. And then his security guard came through the crowd and was like, "Give us the chain." <laughs> like he's, he's got a guy that goes out and finds the girl or who, the guy whoever catches it. Goes hey, honestly, give us the chain back. Like as if. See you later. That, that has to have gone pesha. I was at the footy on the weekend and. With my brother Jacko, yeah, because Hamish is friends with Jacko, and we were sitting there, we were watching these footies go up into the grandstand. I was like, as if you don't just want to grab it and put it under your, yeah, put it in your bag, I just can't quickly get more your... people haven't done that at the footy. They just throw them straight back down. It, it, it's amazing because in America, that's the whole thing. Like you're trying to catch the foul balls to keep. Mm. Yeah, and and it's, the it's a smaller ball, though, I guess as well. There's that. That's more convenient to take home. But the, like the whole point of the game is like bring your glove, try and catch a ball. Yeah. They should have, like, bring your, like, old school AFL glove, <laughs> catch it in the crowd. So the flow rider was probably, like, we. he wasn't the most we hyped up. There was a lot of people on the show, like, I'm kind of like you, Josh. I yeah. cannot remember the names of people. So th- there would be hundreds of musical acts that we've had on that I couldn't tell you the names what, what about the one that I know, sort of the behind-the-scenes story that couldn't be told of Bono? Oh, yeah, yep. He what, was, I mean, he was... But you couldn't... couldn't lovely you not- guy. Get him on for your 200. Definitely. We'll uh, think about it. Yeah, I think we're getting him for 104. <laughs> but couldn't you... <laughs> the, 
Couldn't you not talk about that? Wasn't there only a few so people that knew? Yeah, for our last show, first time around. So we were doing a bunch of like shows around the country. And we we're like, oh, you know, we're going to stop doing drive radio. We're going off and do this. We went off to do the TV show Gap here. And so we were going around around different st- um, different cities. And our last show was at the Music Bowl in Melbourne. I think this was 2011 or 2010. Around about the same time as the end of Rove. And we were, we were at the Music Bowl and it was going to be fun. Like we were encouraging people to like, dress up as stuff from the show and like, you know, just come and enjoy the last show with this sort of thing. And I think we, we, had a, we had John Farnham locked in for the last show. So we're like, what a great result. Um, this is going to be a terrific final show. And you two were in town. I mean, this was just super, like just massively fortuitous. So Sammy, our producer, was he stayed in Melbourne while we travel around the country doing these shows. The night before we were in Sydney and I think on the Wednesday night we, we were, must have been in Brizzy because like that, that's when the news came through, like on the Wednesday night, hey um, – the, the marketing people from U2 have contacted me saying, look, they would be happy to come play the final show. Like they've heard about the show or someone's told someone or someone's explained to them, oh, you know, this, this radio show is finishing up and this could be a fun event to do if you guys want to do something for publicity. And so somehow it had got on their plate and they were like entertaining the idea. And so someone was like, here's the thing though, they, they want to... It only looks cool for them or only works for them if they can turn up and genuinely surprise everyone. Um, he's like, so no one knows about this. Like the radio station doesn't know. No one knows. I've just got the the head of like U2's entourage or like the tour, head of the tour is gone. Here's what we could do. Can like come back to us with an idea of like a fun way to reveal U2. And at that stage, that initial conversation, they're like the guys from U2 – it's too hard to get the back line there and do any songs, so they'll come, yeah. but they're not going to play any music. And we're like, that's <laughs> going to be weird. Yeah. That's going to be weird if we just like, hey, it's Larry, The Edge, Bono, guys, play us a song. No, no, we're yeah. just, uh, just here <laughs> just hanging out. Just hanging out. <laughs> so, like, so then we're like, shit. Okay, so we started trying to think of an idea like, like what's a funny reason that they couldn't play a song or, you know, we lose a bet with them and, you know, the bet was if we win, they play. Like, no, that makes it look like they don't want to play. So we're racking our brains a bit. Then like an hour later, they're like, good news, they will play. They will play. (laughs) They want to play their new song. They don't want to play any... They don't want to play like one of the classics. Like, God, that's even mm. worse. It's probably the, it was probably the one that was free on iTunes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) They really want to give it away again. Anyway, luckily, I mean, this was cool. This was just like an example of like you see inside the workings of a group like U2 and a machine like the U2's tour. Mm. They're just the best in the world at at everything they touch. Like they're so, so, so good at every kind of decision and step that they make. Like everything's so considered and they just want to do it well, you know. Mm. Like they sort of came back, like, all right, we'll play two songs, we'll play like – Streets have no name, and like another one, like, oh, this is incredible. We're like, we, you know, so we came up with this idea. We were like, we, um, like, what if we wrote a song saying we know, we know you two are in town and we asked them to come on the show and they didn't turn up their chickens. And so we, we made up the song called We Are Better Than You Two, and like Andy and I singing it about how we had told them to turn up at 4 30 and they didn't show, and therefore we win and we're the best guys. And then they walk out on stage. But no one knew they were coming. Like, like I said, like zero. No one knew. Like they had their roadies turn up and sound check their stuff and play a bit, and they were like they were on the run sheet as someone else. Like you know, like 
U4. Bachelor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, UB40. <laughs> like, like, you know, they're on the run sheet as something else. I oh, know they're on the run sheet as Jack Post Band as Last Chance. <laughs> <laughs> they were. And so they were like, it, Last Chance was listed as playing and we're telling everyone, oh, yeah, okay, so Last Chance comes out and plays, which was Jack's high school band. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that was awesome. That was so, so much fun. So you knew? Me and Andy knew. No, even like that's it. Me and Andy and Sam because it was stressed God, that I, if it came oh, out, that, sorry, they that's, were yeah, going right, you're right, right. So the other thing was they're like, we want to do this. We want the surprise to be genuine. This was the cool thing about them. Like they're like, we don't want this to be manufactured. We want this to be real. We want this to be a genuinely awesome moment. And it and we take this shit seriously. Like we don't when we do stuff like we. This is how we do it as you two. We do it well. They're like Apple. They really are. They're like yeah. They're like Disney, Apple, like. Lego, they're like we don't take chances with our brand. So the 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 I can't they took a chance putting their song on everyone's iPhone. <laughs> but I mean, it's I guess it's that thing of like they're considered. They're not always right, yeah. but they put yeah, a lot of yeah, thought yeah. into it. It's they're not sloppy. They're well. not sloppy. Yeah. So they're like, well, the iPod, the Apple's the biggest company in the world, and the iPod is possibly the greatest invention at that time for music. Mm-hmm. We're happy to be aligned with you know. So you can sort of you can see their rationale. They just kind of misstepped a bit there. But they, which I'm sure they would admit, but the, <laughs> I think her name was Frances or whoever it was. Yeah, the, it was Frances. Yeah, Frances the PR. The, yeah, the head of, the head of the, the, the woman in charge of this, the head of the, this idea yeah. was like sort of saying to Sam, listen, this is what we do. It has to be, that's critical for us. Got to be surprised. Got to surprise the crowd. Got to surprise the world. Um, well, like that's watching the, <laughs> yeah. the, and, and the people paying attention. If... Like if if you if this leaks or if we get a sniff that this is that that people have begun to know about this, also just for the guys' security too. Like we don't want it to go oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, they're like we just won't do it. And and if and if you if you say we were going to do it, we'll just say you're lying and no one will believe you. It's like yeah. that Bill Murray story <laughs> of him stealing people's hot chips and then them turning around going, "What are you doing?" You'd be like, "No one will believe you that I stole your hot chips." <laughs> because who would believe us? I was going to say it's like the Bill Cosby story, but that's a bit darker. <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Thank God people did believe them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so yeah, they 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 rocked up, man, and they were the best. Like they were such lovely dudes. Here's the best part about like guys like that who aren't. They, I mean, they're you two. Like they can afford to be a bit arrogant if they want. Yeah. But they they were re- one of the interesting things from behind the scenes. They were really hyper aware of is they they obviously knew who John Farnham was and like what he meant to Australians mm. as well. And he was the big deal for our final show. Like having and he was still performing. He was still performing. So to have they were like we don't. That, it meant a lot to the guys in the band. They're like we don't want John Farnham to think we like usurped him and came and like destroyed this. That's nice. So before the show, they were like, "Can we meet John Farnham? Can we go around to his dressing room?" And so. This was there was we were all in this secret little downstairs enclave. So we just because no one knew they were there, we were just sort of chatting to them beforehand, and they, and they were asking their people, "Can we go and speak to John Farnham, who was in the green room next door?" So they went, knocked on the door, and they're like, "John, it's amazing to meet you. We were huge fans." And he was like, blown away because yeah. you two's come to wish him luck, and they're like, you know, <laughs> we're just supporting you today. This is crazy. Like, so they just made him feel like a king. Yeah. And I was like, great move like no they thought of doing that no one's telling them to do that like that that's just their radar you know they're yeah. they're, they're they're just they're just switched on guys like that. it'd be annoying if farnham then tweeted you two <laughs> then it was all off i reckon they took a calculated <laughs> risk and went i don't think john farnham's tweeting that much <laughs> is it john farnham who's come out of retirement 10 15 times yeah, I think yeah. he's done a lot of farewells and at the time we we're teasing him because we were like oh you know we're only doing one farewell tour and you do 50 we have since done a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> the the um, 
the idea of being careful of what you're saying and things like that, how how is that translated to being on air and specifically having done a hundred episodes, Tommy and I have looked back on episodes that we've done mm. and said, ah, we don't, we haven't edited any of our shows. So we just like in the moment, if we say something dumb, we'll like bring it up, yep. but we, we're not really editing it. Have you had any moments where you, you've had that sick feeling of like, I shouldn't have said that? Uh, usually I reckon just with personal stories. Yeah. Yeah. They sting. Um, more so back in the day when I was younger, like less so with my, my wife, less, less so with Zoe. But I remember, like here's where I reckon it comes from, especially doing radio like two hours a day. Sometimes you just get to four o'clock and, you know, most of the time you're fine for yeah. content. You've got more than you need. You've, you've just had those little moments where you've stopped and just checked sometime before four o'clock. Do mm. I have enough for the show today? Because there's always parts of the show where you're like, I got that, I got that, I'll, we'll do that. So no one really knows what you're going to say. There's like spots in the show where we're like, I'll talk. And there's spots where we're like, hey, Ando, you talk. Other spots where you're like, well, we should talk about this and maybe do a phone, do a phoner off the back of it. For our show, that's how we would put our show together. Like we had essentially 12 boxes to fill and you and each box would have like one sentence in it. Like it might be... You know, like, um, you know, relationship deal breakers or whatever. <laughs> One of our classics. Have you shaved your pet or whatever? <laughs> and then we're like, great. Five minutes on that. Then the next break, we take calls. That's like, they're the two that would sort of be like, have you shaved your pet? Next box, calls. And the whole board kind of looked like that. Then sometimes it would just be like, you know, Andy or just Hamish. And you're like, it, you can, you're essentially, you're saying to the team, guys, I got this. I'll take the Hamish spot. Like, I got something. Which you usually do, like 99% of the time you do, but then there yeah. are those rare days where you just suddenly realize the show's happening. You look and you're like, fucking five minutes. What did I, what did I want to talk about there? It's oh, something. No. And you're like, oh my God, I don't really have... What was I going to talk about? And then you suddenly just realize you've just been having fun the whole day, hanging out with everyone, <laughs> mucking around, all the while not realizing that this horizon is approaching. And you just had assumed, because you always usually have stuff. Those are the times I reckon where you're like... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My partner, she did something weird the other day, and sort of, and then you're like, oh, "Should I talk about that?" So your gauge goes a bit off. Well, as the moments. as the shot clock's running down, it's just like you got nothing else. Yeah. You got to go for it. And so, like, those are the ones where you're like, "Well, with a bit more forethought," because I, you know, I, for the way I would work personally is like you either kind of know if an area is funny or not. Mm. The most preparation I would do for the radio show is just like literally give something a minute thinking just to see maybe mentally where it mapped out and you kind of go, okay, you know, here's, here's a few ways this conversation go and I'll see what Andy says and that's what it's going to be. Those are the, the, Then with those stories where you're like, I'm probably talking about something that's either going to get my partner in trouble yeah. or yeah. is something she probably doesn't want on air. You've just accidentally, you've, you're, it's my fault, but you, you're in that position because you just didn't think about this before 30 <laughs> was, seconds ago. I was telling Josh before you got here about something that happened to me when I was in Shepparton on air and it wasn't something that we said that I knew would be polarizing. We, we, my co-host and I, we saw a cop at a coffee shop, and my co-host was like, "Oh, he's hot," and then we just talked about it on air, and then we decided because you left your own devices out in regional radio that we would launch a find the hot cop. Three days later, so we far got, so good. We got yeah. pulled into a meeting. 
they're thinking about opening stalker charges on you too. Like it had literally gone. But isn't there a comedy defense? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking you in a fun way. But is that like. I'm adorable. But how many times. Like oh, yeah. being a, a comedian whose job it is to have moments of. Like even because. Even Haim, I think that your comedy is so much like in the moment. It's observational, it's improvisational. So. How do you... Because obviously what you were talking about there were sort of pre-meditated yeah. things. But what about in the moment where like me making the Bill Cosby joke? I'm like, oh, yeah. it's sort of funny, but maybe it's not that funny. But it got like we all politely laughed. So maybe it's okay. I, reckon was I, wrote, I wrote it down actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I wrote an edit note. <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon we probably... We, do you know what? We probably laughed the laugh of relief for a friend who hadn't done that bad a thing. Yeah. <laughs> because your tone was, oh, I, guys, I almost said a bad thing. We're like, great. That's way less of a... That's way less years in prison than saying the bad thing. Like that's yeah, a lesser yeah, yeah. charge. So we're like, oh, great. It. Yeah. Thank good... Good, thank God, Josh, you didn't say something that really derailed it. With, like a, <laughs> Do you just worry a, a, about with that a mental stuff, view. Only in the sense that it will reduce the impact of the, how funny the show is if you accidentally put an image in people's heads that yeah. you're like, well, that's not fun. Yeah, yeah. And the whole point of, like, especially with our show, like, we're not, we're not pushing that many envelopes. Our show, we're just trying to make people have a fun time mm-hmm. or trying to have a fun time and hopefully people join in. So uh, only in the sense that I think if, if you did something, if we said something weird or wrong or something that put a, Put a took people's minds to an area that's not funny. Yeah, it's just a lot more work to get it back, and the end result mm. is pretty pretty reduced. I, I feel like you had the real sweet spot of a show where it's like the breakfast shows are needing to be a bit uh, edgy or um, what's the word topical, they use? Compelling, topical, <laughs> but in a um, real thought provoking way, like. Yep. You guys didn't have to. You're experience thinking that. it. We're saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we were so lucky. I mean, you. Yeah. you Oh, the money and prestige allegedly is in Breakfast Radio, but so is getting up early and having to talk about shit that you don't want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was a big that was enough of a turnoff for us. And did you ever do? Did you do a stint in Breakfast? Did you do I like did, I behind the scenes did when I was twenty? Yeah. For a year, so I got to see what. It's. I think it's like. I mean, you just get to. See, I mean, you'd know better than anyone. Tell me, like, you just you. It's that thing of like you don't you don't rise to the what's that saying that like under pressure you don't rise to the level of your hopes you sink to the level of your training, <laughs> like it it reveals a lot about people because everyone's just sleep deprived, yeah, panicking, desperate for content, just need like mm. just exhausted and running on empty, and so you know for great teams they're the teams that can just work together running on fumes mm-hmm. because you do a lot of stuff like running and then you're trying to create a fun happy environment. And I got to see that without actually having to like perform in that environment, mm. and that was enough for me to just be like, "There's got to be a funner way to do this." What What were the conversations behind the scenes for your show in re- regards to say like shows have air checks, so you'll sit down with your boss and you'll get feedback. What was the individual feedback that you got? What was the thing? So for me, at the beginning of when we started the daily talk show, and I would just put it into like two tracks of Tommy and I speaking. If I saw that there was like a crazy amount of 
and I'm doing it right now, a crazy amount of me talking, mm-hmm. I would feel Make like... It louder. <laughs> Slow it down. I was, Loop I it. Bring, I, no, I didn't bring me up. I just brought Tommy's volume down, which is sort of... I didn't want to peak at all. But, uh, <laughs> Redid the intro. Yeah, exactly. It's just me today, guys. I had a nicer compress. Actually... On another thought, so I've been geeking out about, I want to come back to that, but yeah. geeking out on radio stuff. Do you know people do that in radio where uh, they'll sweeten the sound of the host's voices, oh, mics, their, their specific frequency. Their mics. So if you, they'll put beautiful broadcast compressors on their mics, but then they call it the domination feature. Oh, and then on the guest <laughs> And mics. on the guest, they're all a bit word. soft. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But anyway, is that why the, the like the golden mic is yeah. like people bring really, in their own mic? It's like, mm. but it's less about the mic and more about the preamp. But yeah, anyway, yeah. the compressor, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. Hey, this has become yeah. the broadcast. I, anyway, I, I build most of our studios. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> no, so yeah, what is what's the conversation that that you're having internally about what, what Hamish Blake can do to improve? Oh, back in the day, I mean, we would we still for for years and years we would we would asked to be air checked and like write down sometimes agree sometimes disagree but it was good to have um it was good to have especially because we were young so like we were 22 23 when we started like so good to have people that had listened to a lot of radio give us their feedback more more so because it was like well eventually the day will come where we go all right well i think we've i don't know if i agree with that But early days, it, you you know, you, you hadn't earned the right mm. to say that yet. So we just sort of diligently sat there and, and took it all in. I suppose like an apprenticeship, you know, we were mm-hmm. like, all right, well, whatever you guys say is going to come, it comes from a place of experience and learning. And then in hindsight, of just organically, it got to the stage where we wouldn't, we knew the kind of stuff that we liked the show being. Yeah. And sometimes that would not be not be something that was obvious in an air check or it wasn't. So what were those points? Like what I'm curious about is like, I think we just basically went, it's so, it's really basically like it, nothing trumps, like nothing trumps Mm. having real fun. Like that's what. Did you have to correct internally though and say, I'm talking too much here or I Mm. I don't give a breath here or this is. Yeah. I mean, only only in the sense that I think we were like, well, you're, you could have had so much more fun there if you were more relaxed or you were listening more or you were allowing an idea to happen rather than trying to force a preconceived outcome. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I think we learned a lot about the science of, of having real fun or like the conditions needed to hopefully grow real fun in a studio. And it's not a, it's not a guarantee every time, but we learn a lot. I think we more learn a lot of stuff that guarantees you won't have real fun. Yeah. But a lot of, but I understand why people make those decisions because it means you'll, you can, it's like you can have two things here. You can safely have something that sounds fine and is a, like a facsimile of fun. Like yeah. everyone fake laughing and, and, and ending up at the thing you all knew you were going to end up, end up at, like end up at the outcome you all knew you were going to end up at. Or you can maybe not have any kind of result. But in success, it can be something that's genuinely fun and wasn't a guarantee. And like, so I think we were always trying to go for that kind of thing. Our whole thing on the radio show become taking adventures where we were like, we don't want to know the outcome of mm. this adventure because the whole point of the show is the journey. Like again, to really roll out a leathery old cliche, we were like, that's got to be the joke. The joke has to be the journey, not there's so much stuff in radio where it's like, oh, this is, this sucks. I've spent two weeks 
servicing this idea that we hate like we hate servicing yeah. it but eventually when we get you know the classic one is like oh we've got a funny idea for a party like inviting people and organizing the band and all that shit it's just boring and we hate doing it but we're hoping to its time the party will be worth it mm. so all this has been worth it and to us that always seemed really backwards because it's like well why would you spend two weeks having no fun in the hope that 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 the ends will justify the means why yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't you rather have Make like a the fu- arc, yeah right? have a yeah. really yeah. funny way to invite people to this thing and even if the end night is shit that's one night out of 14 days that was shit Absolutely. you still end up with 13 great days so how do you groom the radio stations to allow you or even any business that's like creative because i think what you're talking about is this creative process of understanding the direction you're going but just taking on the things as they're coming yeah. and running with them. So well, I mean, I suppose it's that thing of like it was more important for us to be a hun- like we cared a lot more about the trajectory than the target. Mm. So we're like, as long as we set our rudder in the right position here, so that whatever happens is great, we'll be okay. Like we know there'll, there'll be a fun- like the best ideas are the ones where you're essentially hedged because a win or a loss is still funny. Yeah, yeah, and that was sort of true. That true on what we ended up doing in gap year as well it was sort of like well let's what's the language is it a vision or like we would refer to it as trajectory a lot or getting yeah getting out like our our angles right because you know you can be a bit bit off and it be wrong but like to to go like all right well if we if we you know like all right a real random example but this could apply to most of the stuff we ended up doing gap year as well where you're like all right well we want to have a race around a little roundabout in vietnam um they have really congested roundabouts. There's like 10 lanes everywhere. It's like mayhem over there in, in like uh, we're in North Vietnam. Like it's wild. We want to get in le- leathers and ride those mini 49cc <laughs> mini bikes so and do funny. 250 lap like a, a like a moto GP, like <laughs> an enduro, like a, me versus Andy against like, you know, for five hours against each other. Like that's the thing we want to do. Just go around, around, around the roundabout in traffic and we'll put GoPros and stuff on. To us, it's like, the reason like when we came up with that idea in the idea in the room as soon as we as soon as we hear that idea in the room we all have that feeling of going yes because it's so it, anything can happen in that idea we don't have to get 250 laps like we just don't yeah i could get 5 and andy might get 19 a bike might explode we might have an accident our pit crew like we might get fined by the police our pit crew might leave us it doesn't matter because like fuck it's it's kind of a visual joke and yeah. and it will be an adventure out there i hope it goes for a long time because we know the longer it goes the more stuff could happen but it's not that thing of going ah oh, like it only works if we achieve the target yeah. even though it's like it's an idea that has even you know that has a numerical target built into the idea doesn't matter because that's the, but if it was like well i'm going to i'm going to do something you know i'm going to i'm going to Uh, I found a world like because for us that idea just was funny we're like that is just funny I love the idea already of like shopping for bikes and getting in the leathers (laughs) and like limbering up and talking to our pit crew and having like we hired a hairdresser to be our our, like pit chief I'm just picturing Ryan Shelton he was doing the commentary he was doing the commentary the details of that are funny because to us that's the journey like a lot of the stuff we would think of it and we'd be like right the thing that really makes us laugh about all this is the nuance and the details and how layered we can go and you know can we can we just find some like a green grocer and another guy to be like grid girls or grid boys or whatever and 
that would just be funny. Organ like organizing this idea yeah. will be funny, and that was to us like a lot of the key. Like putting together this idea is eighty percent of the comedy. It doesn't need all that done behind the scenes to then like uh, to then hopefully have a have a funny joke. Like we always for so much of our stuff, we were like we would hear other radio shows do these have these ideas, and then be like. Why aren't you doing all that on air? Well, like, it's like um, the making of videos now are getting so much cut through online. Without yeah. wanting to throw a mate under the bus, yeah. Whipper, um, who's a good friend of all of ours, uh, no, does Nova Radio in Sydney, does yeah. Nova Brecky. They had this idea. They do a lot of like they do parody songs on their on their show, and so like a few years ago, he's like, "Oh, we're gonna get these musical bears for Christmas, <laughs> and we put the parody songs in the bears, <laughs> and that can sing like you know they did like." Aussie Battler style instead of Gangnam style. <laughs> like, it's not a new concept in radio, but they did them well. And so he Gangnam was like, style wasn't that long ago. <laughs> this yeah, this could be two or three years ago. <laughs> but he was like, oh, we want to get the bears, right? Like we want to release them for Christmas. Like, yeah. that's, mm. So it's to them, and I can't remember throwing them under the bus here, but it always struck me like this is the difference between our shows. Yeah. He was like, we're going to release them for Christmas and like, you know, see if we can get people um, like queuing up and like, wanting a bear and I was like great and this was sort of in you know June, July and I was like how's the bears going he's like mate oh, that's a fucking nightmare there's six different bears one's <laughs> one won't were they doing that content on air the so yeah, this the thing. he's like I'm talking to this guy in China he's got another guy he sends me this bear it's the wrong song loaded in and I'm like that is funny this yeah, is yeah. funny are you doing this on air he goes no 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 oh, oh, we saving don't. face it's all for the well, it's like, yeah we don't want people to know about the bears until they're ready I was like this is months was of content. Was you two producing so, the bears? What I, was this is so, I was like, this is so funny. You guys should be on the plane to China, to Guangzhou, to be yeah. like, where's our fucking bears? <laughs> like, this is the funny part. Like, yeah. don't you reckon? Like this, like yelling at the factory, or like having to fund, like having to kickstart to get more money to release the bears. Like who cares if they sell yeah, or not? Yeah. But, but it was one of those things where like the, the team had thought of it and like they'd pictured like, oh, the funny part is selling the bears. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny, but it's like, but you know, for no other reason than guys, you miss out on like weeks of yeah. easy content and the serendipity just, as well, right? It's like a, it's just a funny thing to be doing. I'll just stick out for these guys. It's breakfast radio. Remember, they're all fucking tired. <laughs> but even more, my point. I was like, that's Delirious. two or three breaks a day where you're on the phone to China, and it will be funny because you're trying to you you know you're doing it in real time. Like you, yeah. it's all up front. Like it like. It kills two birds with one stone. So often in radio, everyone's got this idea of being like, oh, we'll do this work behind the scenes and we'll present to the world. We've got this cool idea. And so much stuff, I reckon, is like, well, if you just honestly were transparent about the organization of idea, mm. that is often as funny. Or to us, it was anyway. That was yeah. our... We always just found that stuff the funniest of trying to organize, trying to trying not to, to... Yeah, I don't know. Trying not to sugarcoat it or whatever. Like trying... To have a have an idea that like where the organisation of it was as funny yeah. as the end result, letting people in, mate. Perfect example is Susie and Kate's um, scammer stuff, and yeah. not re- not too recently, Josh Jansen's scammer stuff. Because yeah. you don't <laughs> know off. the outcome, and so it's like this evolution. Yeah, by the by the third, for people that follow Josh's Instagram, sorry, I made him highlight as a story the other day because it's I wanted to show, highlighted. I wanted it's to genius. Sh- Go check it. I out. wanted to show my wife. Um, but the third frame of that, I was like, doesn't matter where this goes, you've already hit the threshold. Yeah. This is already great. As soon as soon as 
the your scammer um as soon as your scammer was going look i don't i'm sorry i don't know what song it was <laughs> like we're now in the stratosphere here this is terrific previous episode no, uh, 99 josh got rich yeah yeah we we spoke, we spoke about, about it that. we got some awesome. and even me my uh, fight at bunnings we got content like i find that the best moments are the fuck ups in life, right? Like when when I was at it's just definitely cuts, the most relatable. Yeah, the just yeah. cuts. Like when I spent fifteen bucks on my haircut on over the weekend, and she said, "Is three an okay number on the sides?" I was thinking to myself, "I don't know." Yeah, but I'm happy to do it anyway because if it's fucked, it's some form of content. Oh, that's good. Is it, but yeah. is how much? Like how much are you thinking? Because Tommy uh, got. Engaged, married, and had a kid for content. Yeah. What if what, <laughs> it's yeah. is this, same, is same. a competitive market, <laughs> And YouTube is hard to crack. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, no, no joke. On, on the on the engagement story, here's a yeah. under the bus moment. Tommy did this beautiful engagement video where he went to the same spot uh, every time him and Amy were in Sydney together because. Uh, Tommy was in Shepparton at the time and Amy was in Sydney and he would go up every few weekends yeah. and they'd go to this nice spot in front of uh, water. Double Bay Waterfront, if yeah. you know it. And so he would set up the camera there and uh, they would st- sit on a, sort of a bench every single time. So he had this beautiful time lapse of w- weeks and months of them going to the same spot. Awesome. And that was where he proposed. The problem was that the camera was too far away from the audio so he actually, before he put it online, he ADR'd <laughs> the proposal. And I so he, reco- he recorded and it, it was from my suggestion, but he got Amy. It was a pickup. Yeah, it did, <laughs> no, it did a pickup pick up. with Amy <laughs> saying, Josh's suggestion. Yeah, I do. Here's the thing though. You know what it's like getting partners to get involved in content when they don't want to? No, I don't want to. She nailed it first take. Yeah, it was yeah, really, that's really good. And it was because she sounded slightly annoyed <laughs> that she... Yes. Oh, that's funny. How many how many things have you have, has that been a filter that you've had to be careful of? Which is like, am I doing this because it's fun and it's great for my friends? <laughs> am I and getting my number family? three on the sides or, just I because? Guess, I guess a little bit. It's more though that you like you like it's what you it's what you said before about like less so the highlights of life, yeah. not that they're not good, they're terrific, but there's way more comedy. It's like it's a, it is a hedge because yeah. you're like great, actually. This is terrific. This is like being the worst weekend of my life, but this is <laughs> mm. this will do. This yeah. is going to be a funny story. It's one yeah. of my favourite stories. The time I shat myself on a party boat yeah. and couldn't get off. I shat my I shat the chair in the radio station. Felt horrible Did at the you? time. I uh, pissed myself going to work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you did that just because you heard the Batman Tommy and you wanted uh, content. <laughs> How did you actually, piss yourself going well, to work? No, I didn't. I didn't piss myself. I was pissing into a boat. There was a huge, del- oh. huge delays on the. This was a few years ago. This was at the you radio station. On the train? No. <laughs> no, there was huge delays on the freeway. I was Monash oh. freeway. There were trucks either side of me. Really needed to go. There was a truck fire, so there was two hours delay. So I put a bottle in my pants because I didn't want the truck drivers to see my dick, obviously. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I put the bottle in my pants and I was sort of pissing sitting down but unfortunately to get it just all tipped from the bottle into my yeah, Did you have a lid for the bottle? Nah, nah. So I was like lifting it up and it just all fell in. 
And so that was oh. the day. It was also, and that's why it's so What'd hard. What did you do? Did you just go home? No, because we had it was a huge. It was one of like our biggest shows. I was working on Fifa and Jules at the time, and Jules basically said, "Man, like we need you for this filming, obviously." So I just and had did, to. And did you tell Jules that you? Yeah, so I told him. He so appreciates we, a pissing the pants yeah, story. So we ended up going to like I went to the disabled toilets where they had like a Dyson air thing and just put them through the air. Oh, oh yeah, the air blade. The air blade. They worked a tree. We got that for the station. Yeah, and the thing... Oh, really? Yeah. Me and Ed talked about Dyson for a, a week until they gave us an air blade. <laughs> and then they put it They put it in the disabled toilet because they couldn't fit it on the wall Oh no! in the boys' toilet. That's all right. If it wasn't for Hamish, it wouldn't be for yeah. your dry I, pants. I'd like, to, I'd like to rephrase that. It wasn't, it's not the disabled toilet. It is the ambulant toilet, uh, okay. which means it's Different. for everyone. Ah. Uh, is that what that means? What does ambulant mean? Well... I have, have I had this Put argument. Put in the show notes. I, I have the, <laughs> show notes, guys. It's the Latin. But I've had this argument with Andy so many times on air. He's like, it's just for people in wheelchairs. No, no, no. It's for everyone, including people in wheelchairs. Yeah. It's a good distinction. It's for, it's it's the facility that's have able to accommodate people in wheelchairs, but also everybody people. As long as you're not having a fight. As long as you're not having a fight with a person in a wheelchair. They the should front. get priority. Yeah. Absolutely. And but we were like, look, we uh, there's no one. At, there was no one at the time in the building that was in a wheelchair. Yeah. I don't think there is still. Mm. So like so, the odds are extremely low that a visitor to the building in the wheelchair will it's need good the toilet. Some sort of use out of it. Absolutely. And it's got the air blade. Yeah. And it's a much more luxurious toilet. Yeah. And I mean. I just think from a company perspective, they wouldn't want an asset like that going away. Yeah. Would you put a Sonos in a room that you're never in? You wouldn't. Like, you wouldn't. I was in there all the time. Yeah. Uh, not thinking about the show and then suddenly I'm going, oh shit, I need a story. I'll just go, go for gold here with a story that might really embarrass my girlfriend at the time. Brand, brands and uh, getting involved. You know, obviously you've, uh, for, for our international audiences, you had the, you can help yourself to some chocolate. The so foil is quite loud. Just, I just felt like it's going to be a long question. The, <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh-huh. uh huh. <laughs> so uh, number one, you guys were the number one uh, radio show in Australia, huge, whatever. But uh, brand, <laughs> okay, it's podcast world now. You're on the Daily Talk Show. Things Thank are going well. Um, the yeah, brands they would obviously be uh, biting at you, trying to. What, what's the the weirdest brand request or things that's being sent or awkward situation that you've been in with a brand I feel like we always played the dance in the radio station of us going look we don't want to just do random stuff for brands and then management would be like guys no we got you back we totally got you back but then at the same time they'd be telling clients look just give us a few just let us slow play the guys a bit and we'll weasel a bit of stuff in here we the the most fun so there was one we, we did one for Bailey's and we, we were constantly saying to them like please just let us do some like I was like Andy and I both did commerce at university. We understand brand management. I'm like we're not going <laughs> to sink your brand, but we're big believers in the fact that if you're if you're on our show, you're mostly on it for to get like a slightly broader audience or a different take or uh, for whatever value you guys get about being on our show. Surely, like the more if you give us a little bit of slack, we can sometimes like find a fun way to play with your product. Was our idea? Was our take? Like. Andy and I would often probably arrogantly go, if I was this brand, I would, I would love this. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's where we, sometimes we got that right. It feels like you got the got it wrong in this case. I'm getting that vibe. And for Bailey's, I reckon we got it wrong. Because <laughs> somehow it just became a funny joke. Like we had two weeks where we were thanks to Bailey's and 
their tagline was something like, you know, treat yourself to a luxurious Bailey's of an evening. Like it was really, <laughs> it was just really bland and like, you know, it was just like so unexciting. Because we were like, yeah, people, like people know what Bailey's is. Mm-hmm. Just encouraging everyone to treat themselves to a luxurious Bailey's yeah, of a yeah. night. Like, but how are you describing like advertising no, on probably. radio in general? And isn't that literally like? This, isn't that this the is where exact- the arrogance comes in? Yeah. I think we were just like, no, probably because Andy and I did commerce at uni. We're like, no, nah, we did product and brand management. This is what you want to do for your ad. <laughs> like, we would just overrule. I think mentally overrule. Go, nah, no, 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 that sucks. Pro- like very arrogantly because no doubt they're like a marketing agencies it's like all right you guys are like three percent of our message we yeah. have other channels mm-hmm. and ways we're trying to tweak the brand here and convince people to buy from us but Annie and i would see the sheet of their message and go no that stinks uh i think what you really want is just no matter what the context us to talk about you guys more and somehow because sometimes we just get exhausted and tired and you try and make each other laugh. And you know, like I would know I'm trying to make Andy laugh by, by saying something that's the worst possible ad for this brand. So I, out of some, for whatever reason, I thought one day it would be funny to go and we should just... Because a lot of the time it would be me saying something dumb and Anna being like, well, no, we can't say that. We do have to say the right thing. Like that. We just keep trying to push the envelope that way. Yeah. Andy pretending to hold me back and, <laughs> and us both laughing about having a good time. So this this particular occasion, it just I was like, oh, I think this would just be funny for whatever reason to refer to Bailey as the world's number one sports drink. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so at the end of the day, get home after after a big run, grab a Bailey's and just bloody douse yourself in it. You know, like chug a Bailey's, it's the world's number one sports drink. Number one number one alcoholic cream based sports drink. Would that like even from a the uh, regulators Would you even be able to say that? Like, this was before Yeah Nowadays you really wouldn't Because you're not allowed To glorify drinking Yeah But back This was pre that Because the Cowboys. only The only trouble yeah. we got in Cockers I can get was Which is a key ingredient That's the other thing Bailey's is a key ingredient for The cocktail um, The only thing we got in trouble with Was like This is just heinously off brand For Bailey's <laughs> And we're like Yeah but people know that Like people know It's not a cream based yeah. sports drink And how much How much it, actual FaceTime are you having with Bailey's? So this is the thing where like these guys are paid for like literally two mentions it could just be this Bailey's enjoy refreshing Bailey's at night like you know or Bailey's treat yourself to an indulgent Bailey's we're like we're going on for five minutes about how you know Bailey's is the world's number one cream based sports drink and like yeah get a bit sticky after the big match but that's sports you know like have a shower (laughs) wash your Bailey's off and like it just became the more we knew we weren't allowed to and then we sort of like three or four days in, they're like, guys, Bailey's is furious. You've got to stop this. <laughs> and they just made it funnier to us. And then we're like, she did it more than once. Yeah. They were like giggling in church. And then when you can't laugh, it's funnier. Yeah. So we were like, like it just got, that probably got a bit, Bailey's wasn't happy with us that, yeah. from that, mm. that instance. And another one that really did work though, was Ricadonna, another alcohol, like Ricadonna, sparkling wine. I think it's about nine or $10 a bottle. It's not your fanciest. I'll be buying it after this. That's yeah. It's not your fanciest bottle. Um, but good sports drink as we, well. <laughs> we did, it was probably, it was you know, a bit of an homage to champagne comedy, but we had bottles of Riccadonna in the studio and at any point during the day we could classify a highlight as today's Riccadonna moment and we'd like pop, <laughs> we'd pop champagne corks and then be drinking Riccadonna. And this was one that went really well. Went really well. In fact, we kept the bottles of Riccadonna around in the studio for a few weeks afterwards to still have Riccadonna moments. That's great. <laughs> and still, like, colloquially, we still get a few people 
referring to moments in the show as a Rickadonna moment. <laughs> so, it, like for those ones, they were fun. Like because the, like Rickadonna was like, yeah, guys, go nuts. Like this is that totally works for us. Um, Thirsty Camel were always another one that stands out as actually just a company that you you think you dream of the companies like who are like us. We don't care. Like here's some money. Yeah. Just we don't care. Have fun. Mention us. Like we just yeah. like they paid for me to make a giant chicken suit that shut out an egg <laughs> like you could push out an egg out its ass that, and you're able to open them up Layla's loot shoot we called it so it was like <laughs> half a plucker duck outfit with a pipe that went from the kind of the belly button through my legs to the ass you'd slide a, you'd slide the egg down the chute it would kind of like load up and ignite at the it anus was... and I had a plunger on it mm-hmm. and so then I would be like huh, huh, <laughs> boop, and then it would like fire out and you opened it up and it was a one in six chance of winning something but like Thursday came were like yeah, we don't really understand what Layla's loot shit is, but we're happy to sponsor the prize if it ever if it ever goes off. That's a dream. Um, so I think those were the yeah. There was another another great one from the radio days that stands out. Live reads you would have had to do a lot of. Yeah, and we didn't get paid for them. Remember, what do you yeah, mean? We, we, like, oh, as in like as individual like uh, the personalities don't get paid. No, no, yeah, we don't get paid. We didn't get paid from. You didn't really? No, uh, that went out first year of radio. I think we did, and that was always like. And I think it was like twenty one fifty a live read. So it was always like, oh, we got to do live reads. But, you know, here we go. If we do five, we'll make a hundred bucks. Yeah. And that was always like the, the silver lining of doing that. And then, <laughs> and then you, from year two onwards, they were like, oh, by the way, guys, you know, get paid for live Surely reads. Surely you rein that in. I remember being at the radio station and you guys were always seen as the, uh, the smart radio duo in the sense of, Milking it well, for no, what I, it's I just worth. Re- no, I remember the radio station just being like, oh, yeah, um, oh, we could put something on the website. Oh, no, we don't own that. Like, you guys were very good at saying, hey, this is out. These are our uh, assets. Early days, we we took back. We owned HamishNanny.com. We owned our Facebook. We owned our Twitter. Yeah, we... That was a no-brainer from the get-go. They tried yeah. to go, why don't we own it? Just like see how it goes. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, but we were we, part of, you know, part of working commercial radio is you've got to do live reads. Yeah. But we would, because we were in, we'd only do them for capital cities. Mm-hmm. So we might, and the most we could have is one per ad break per capital city, like three times a show. So the most you could have in it was 15, which mm-hmm. quite often happened. And they're seven and a half minutes, but sorry, they're 30 seconds. So that would just be seven and a half minutes of me and Andy for the first time ever just mm. reading this script back and forth, covering each other while you're reading ahead, yeah. like trying to get it right. It's amazing. We'd never redo them. <laughs> what I love yeah. is hearing the person actually get surprised by what they're reading. Yeah. 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 Or, and, <laughs> or halfway through going, what the fuck is this yeah. for? Because well, no. you'd be like going, a lot of times in life, you know, you begin wondering why. Why is the, why is the sky blue? Why is the earth round? Why can't I find the right yeah. woman? What? Oh, like, well, you can find the right doona. What the fuck is this? Yeah, it's this weekend. It's sleep buns, doona sale. So there'd just be so many ads where you didn't really. You'd be. We'd ask them to bold the company yeah. because sometimes you were running out of time and go. I haven't said anything that would sell a product yet yeah. for anyone to anyone. I was triggered listening to one the other day. Uh, Fev was reading. It just reminded me being in Sos, oh. being like not being able to read. Yeah, like having those elements that you're talking about, and then also not liking reading and, aloud. And, and we we would like. There'd be so many errors, like we'd be mispronouncing websites and stuff. It would require a heinous 
error mm-hmm. for yeah. me to go for Annie to call it or for me to call it be like oh man sorry I think we gotta redo that one yeah. because we just wanted them to be over so it was like seven minutes <laughs> well, you poor like babies a- but we hated it like we put it off for hours and then like <laughs> finally just every day we're like Ugh, live reads we gotta do live reads yeah. but there was there was one where it was it was for like water safety and, and the line was like enjoy a dip in the pool with the kids this summer but always be aware of like mm. so great good message that was one where Annie said, enjoy a dick in the pool with the kids. And I was like, oh, sorry, man. Think, We're going to redo this one? I was like, I think one? you said dick. And then he was like, oh, I don't think so. And then it's like it's still recording. And be like, enjoy a dick in the pool. Yeah, no idea. Like, okay, 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 we'll it is, it's one. so weird. It's a pain point. Ryan John, who was on our shows doing Brecky in Perth, yep. when we saw him, he was yeah. talking about getting hounded for not saying the right thing in a oh, lie yeah. or missing live read. So if you just totally miss them because you've forgot yep. to do the pre-record. Do you, know or- the, do you know where I reckon the fault line lies? The salesperson that sells the live read to Doonaban or whatever, they're like, oh, the guys can't wait to do it. They're so excited yeah, to do these it. live reads. They're great ads. The guys are just chomping at the bit. They're just so excited. Cut to you be again, oh, uh, oh, and it's and then you're always like because it's always somewhere in like Brisbane that you've never been to. Yeah, you're like yeah. uh, thirty one Marumbilla Road. Just it's just horrible because you know you're getting suburbs wrong. Like in. I still don't know how to say Indoropoli or Indoropoli in Brisbane. There's always seem to be factories out there. And it'd be like hearing someone, you know, for for you know, saying proper. It'd be devastating if you were dropping cash. Yeah, on that's that thing, because and they were not cheap, probably. So <laughs> someone's like, "Well, we're spending fifty thousand dollars here." We get, "Oh, the guys, yeah. hey, man, you should have heard them this morning. They yeah. can't wait to do your live read." <laughs> and that's just, I guess, that's just the world. But we did over time try and put, you know, we felt guilty. We tried to put a lot of effort in. There was one amazing one for Perth where it was like, "Good news, guys." Perth always seemed to have a little bit more, like Melbourne and Sydney, Perth and Adelaide seem to have a few more kind of like what you might have been used to a bit more in Shepherd and Tommy, like like for one of a better term, like slightly more regional, mm. like, you know, Melbourne and Sydney, you're doing live reads for Commonwealth Bank yeah. and Toyota and stuff. But, but you might be doing gyms, fish and chips in yeah. Perth. So you're doing slightly more like local small yeah. businesses. And there was one where it was like, hey guys, great news. The Jiffy food van now sells coffee. That's right. You can get a delicious Arabica blend from the Jiffy food van. And we're reading it. They're like, this is not, to, with just quick word, this is not to be confused with the coffee in a Jiffy van. They're a different company. <laughs> in the live read. Like, hang on. You guys have both got Jiffy in your name. It's, it's not You're ideal. the Jiffy oh, food wow. van. Who are now doing coffee? Please do not go to the coffee in the Jiffy van. They're a different company. It's and you've mentioned them a, in your <laughs> so then you're asking which one are you guys? Oh, like, we just lost it. Anyway. Like, this is the best ad of all time. <laughs> Maybe they did a two for one deal. They yeah. go, we'll split the we'll split the money here. It, or yeah, or it was like like buddies that started the Jiffy. Coffee in the Jiffy uh, van, yeah. and then they they were like, "Fuck you, man! I've got, I want to take Jiffy based food in a different direction. I'm going to start <laughs> the Jiffy one. food van." You see that happening? I, there was two restaurants in Melbourne, and uh, yeah, what they had a the business partners had a falling out. So you'd go to one, and it was a very different experience. Like their website was like their social oh, media no. was fighting with their website. Not Dude, ideal. Grilled. You don't the want- dudes from Grilled had a big falling out. Really? Did they really? 
What it, happened? Well, there well you I feel like on a podcast format, you have to tell us everything now. No, otherwise, I, I, there's no context. I, I, I can put it in the show notes. It's fine. They had a partnership and there was a something uh, yeah, I think I saw that yeah. in The Age or something. It's the show notes. No, show, show, no show notes, boys. Show notes. The, um, uh, one, thing, one thing that The Daily Talk Show always ends up doing is getting very nostalgic. Yeah, we great. love nostalgia. And yeah, this great. whole thing has been like looking back. Yeah. And even I was going to mention, I remember watching you at a trop fest, like two th- like just for a n- purely a nostalgia reference. And then I was going to mention for some reason how I went and saw Red Hot Chili Peppers at Sydney Maya Music Bowl. I think it was just a Sydney Maya Music Bowl I was reference. There. I was there. Which is, um, Chili Peppers by Music Bowl. Yeah. And good, they, good gig. It, it, was it was one some, of the best. Yeah, it was really great. That's a great and, venue to see Chili Peppers in. That's yeah. pretty small. Well, but, this is, Josh was up on the grass. Yeah. And he said that was the best area. And then I said, no, down the front where the seats were, we were five rows from the front. Everyone ran to the front in front of us. And so me, Jacko, my other bro. Yeah. Other Jacko, we were all just there, and so there's no one in front, so we had this whole thing. Oh, put your feet up. The problem, I, relax, business class. I, <laughs> well, I'd never actually um, gone to many. Con- I think the concert before that was like Delta Goodrum. Or this was my first like. <laughs> legit, Did you go to Delta yeah, that was my first concert I ever went to. You paid but, to go. Yeah, but, oh, okay. uh, oh, but I know the, you want to talk about Chili Peppers, but can we talk about Delta Goodrum? Yeah, but just very quickly. On no, the, on the, <laughs> on the chili, be very quick on the, on the Chili Peppers thing. No, I um I was excited because this was like my big sort of debut in like cool music, oh, and so I was looking. Did you go to Delta Goodrum? <laughs> and Brian, listen, no, oh, I was Brian McFadden. Yeah, did he, he play with a, her? Yeah, they did a sort of a live thing together but no the um uh i was looking at forums uh, like reading forums about the show and they said that they played under the bridge i didn't realize that was a song so on the corner of my eye i was looking for a bridge the entire <laughs> i thought that they were gonna go backstage and then appear well, under, some you, sort of <laughs> under a bridge it's weird you walk this world this shadow life like <laughs> seemingly interested in pop culture but at the same time knowing yeah. nothing about well, it well I think it's this thing of uh, yeah I'm interested but I just can't retain yep. so it's this mm. in the moment you tell me something and it'll be very interesting well Mac, one of our listeners has actually re- referred to your pop culture in a text message to me Josh has no idea about pop culture. Are we sure it's not Brian McFadden? <laughs> Could be. I was actually going to call him Brian <laughs> Adams, which well, is not No, that's him. not. The, the, um, Brian Adams was not David Delta Goodrum to the best of our knowledge. I was talking to BMAC, not Brian McFadden, on the way here. And he, I told him you're coming on. He's excited. And he said, I know you'll probably ask him this, but what is he doing? What's what he actually doing? I get What's that a lot. What are you doing, BMAC? I'm doing my best. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> So everything I can over here. <laughs> but I thought it's like I, I've thought that. What do you like? What are you doing at the moment? It's so funny that doing a radio can you show. Not every- lean on that painting. I'm sorry. There's a part of me sitting. which was like, you know what? If Haim knocks that That's over, original, isn't it? He'll uh, he'll do he'll a live paper. Yeah, he'll, he'll sort it out. But I also would prefer you not. There's, I mean, there's, like, there's a bundle of sticks that are wrapped up over there. You know they're expensive, yeah. but how? I mean, yeah. this is a nice house. You've done well. Yeah. Um, what am I doing? Great question. Well, I wasn't doing much on other radio show, but I suppose it was that easy. It's like when you're at uni, you're like, oh, I'm studying. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh man, 12 hours a week. How do you do it? Yeah. I. It's like that for a lot of freelancers too. It's yeah, just unemployed. Freelancing. Yeah, I'm freelancing, just, man. I, yeah. Now I just write on my airline card, self employed. Yeah. Like, it's just the easiest <laughs> way to do it. I've been growing a beard. Uh, it's nice. Uh, it's. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm, st- I'm growing it right before your very eyes at the moment. <laughs> um, that's been. 
obviously that's a little tick in the box every day. Um, <laughs> every day when I'm not growing it. Uh, is that enough for you? What, you um, more? <laughs> no, look, uh, I, no, honestly. What do you think? No, here's a question. We're doing a podcast once a week at the moment, which is good fun. The over on podcast one, I don't want to poach listeners but from you. What but. do you What do you think about? So even if you're not doing anything, you think? <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, I'm curious because like here, here, an I'll answer. Give you a t- totally honest answer. I am loving this year. Like we are finishing a f- true story, the TV show mm-hmm. that requires some work. I we're doing a podcast once a week that requires some work. That's all very good fun. This year, the whole point of this year, the whole point of going right, I'm a, I'm a big, big believer, I'm a passionate believer in you've just got to create a bit of a void to figure out what the next step is, especially mm. even this for the creative world. When like, it, I get frustrated, I'm not frustrated by the fact, but our lives, we're very fortunate, like we would have a radio contract for three years or you'd have a TV mm. deal for two years or whatever. And, and it always just seemed like you were not by the time you were coming to the end of one, you'd already leapfrogged it with the other one and you had something locked in. Yeah. And then by the time you're coming to the end of that, you'd leapfrogged it with another one. And mm-hmm. again, that's a lovely problem to have if you want to have a job and stay employed. But I think there comes a time where you're like, well, just having a contract is not the name of the game here. Like figuring out the, the any sort of like meaningful next step becomes the name of the game. And especially for me, like with my, with, with kids and, the most common thing that you get, like from every, um, the dog just literally snoring. snoring as I'm trying to drill down on my philosophy for meaning in life. <laughs> I did warn that you. That was about enormous. The dog. That was a massive snore. I thought it was Brie. <laughs> I thought it was Josh's girlfriend. Um, like, it's just you know, like I, I just kind of feel like I got, I got a ten month old and a four year old. And I sort of feel like like the best moment of my life is staring at me in the eyes right now, and I just mm. don't want to. I don't want to have been absent for it. Like I don't want to miss it. And I'm really lucky in the sense that I can do that. Like we can wind down a little bit professionally for a while. We're still, you know, it won't be long. I'm sure until we figure out what we're doing next or we decide what we want to do next. And we are. We have things that we're doing, but I'm just in. I get my mantra for this year was just don't be busy. Like mm. I just don't want to be busy. And I think a lot of people are like. I, I'm not one of the guys where when someone's like, "Hey man, how are you?" I like keep him busy, keep him busy. Yeah. I hate be, being busy. Yeah, yeah. My whole point, my whole goal is to not be busy. I've really tried to do the things you see that I'm like that should be the things you do when you have been able to like fight for a bit of space. And we're going away for kind of like ten weeks this year, like overseas. Mm. And you know, my wife runs like an empire. And she's had to fight harder than I have, but you still got to like fight for that space. If you're doing radio every day, obviously you can't go overseas for ten years, yeah, or for ten weeks, or ten years, <laughs> ten years. Um, is that is that an exclusive? Ten years, ten years, ten years. Do it. I think he just did the show from LA for about five years, and no one noticed. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I'm just not. I'm just. Tr- I'm actively trying to not be busy. And you do like good ideas, fun ideas bubble up. I'm just not in a rush to kind of like. Yeah, activate anything. Like I'm not, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I'm mm. having a ball. Like I've had a few days with Josh, where I'm like, you know, we've gone for lunch for 45 minutes and just ended up hanging out for three hours. I'm like, that's that mm. to me, that is like a wonderful use of time mm. because yeah. I'm just loving not having to be rushing to the next. And thing. I'm like severely procrastinating in those moments. Yeah, Josh, so Josh, 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 Josh got a backlog <laughs> Josh, that's Josh got kicked out of his house, so that's why we're at this place house sitting. But I, but. Like that's that's a luxury, mm-hmm. and I still mentally, actually mentally, feel a bit like it's between Christmas and New Year's at the moment. Oh, I love that time. I, I, I like I know everyone's going back to work. No, no, I'd say early Jan. We're like, oh, okay, a few people back oh, at work, yeah. are they? 
Like, I know it's June. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but I lo- I've, I've loved that feeling. And I've just got to spend a lot of time hanging out with the kids. And like, you know, we just get to, we've just got to do weekends away or like, yeah. you know, or just go on little mini adventures and you're not, I haven't been constricted by a thing that, like a work thing that I've got to do every day. Radio is the most fun job in the world and certainly doing drive with Ando is the funnest version of it. The only downside is like, if it, if it is a downside, it regularly pins you to that studio for yeah. six hours a day. And so now the one thing I'm doing is just enjoying doing the stuff that you can do when you're not pinned to a studio for six hours a day. So this position you're in now, is it a goal? Did you ever have that in your head of that's where you want to end up or is it? Maybe. I know I know. whatever the, the thing that comes next Whatever it is that happens next, I reckon it'll be a result of just of letting letting the dust settle a bit, mm. like creating a bit of a void. No, and I'm not, not I'm just not rushing to do anything. Um, and I when I know when something bubbles up, I'll decide to do it because it looks like fun or mm. a good challenge. I think society struggles with that idea. Like I think that the fact that your default is to talk about the beard and all that sort of thing, like it's it's a uncomfortable realization that some people can't handle like if Maybe. if if people are doing a 9 to 5 or they're going to work or they're doing like there's all these expectations that we have right where it's like you need to do this and you need to do that and it's like there's all even ambition like what is amb- like what does ambition mean to you do you think yeah i mean i think the older i get the more i realize the the ambition I have is to to do something that's fulfilling and maybe has a a good level of meaning to it because it's sort of like all right I feel like my whatever it is I think I'm good at and I enjoy doing I'm applying those skills to a good spot that has a good effect that has good like and I would say like doing comedy is a good meaningful job because like you guys you know you doesn't matter how many people you got listening to the show it has an impact on people's lives. And like, mm-hmm. that's something I want to do. And that's something I enjoy doing. And it's, I think where my, in the ballpark of where my talents lie. So I'm like, all right, well, that's my ambition is to, to be able to do something that has meaning, but also to not, yeah, to not, I think, I guess to not lose sight of proper, of what, what you, what, you know, what you more meaningful goals would be. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want to turn around and make like kids grow up so quick or like, ferocious I don't want to turn around and be like shit I've got teenage kids and I my biggest fear would have been that thing where you're like I didn't want to feel like every year I'd be promising that next year I'd slow down yeah, yeah. and I didn't want that I didn't want to be I didn't want the kids to be 18 and go uh, yeah I, I guess I always just thought I'd slow down later yeah and I don't know I kind of it's like feels like a bit of an audacious move but I in I'm like oh, I'm 36 and maybe let's just see what happens if you slow down for a year and it's fun. What's it's been the learning fun. so far? It's great fun. Yeah. It's it's is it you, only you know fun Nothing, because you know you're going back to something like But I don't know I'm going back. Like yeah. even if that was it, I think you just realise like, so what? Maybe that's it. Like even if Channel Nine or Commercial Radio or whatever it was, like the the companies and the institutions I'd worked with turned around and said, Oh, hey man, you no, you left. They're like we have a rule. If you don't love it and you're not here every day, you're out. I would go, Great, all right. Like the, the funny thing you realize once you leave a, a radio station, and I would say this is, applies to any job, is you get out into the real world and you're like, oh my God, there's yeah. so many other things happening out here. No one really cares that much yeah. about what it was I was doing. It- but when I was there every day... Everyone's listening. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's conditioned to feel yeah. like it's all that matters because that's how you keep everyone in the building. Well, was, yeah. Management yeah. out walking around going, 
hey guys, we need to hit those sales targets. But just so you know, none of this matters. And when you're 85, all you'll care about is how much time you spent with your family. Dude, See I you s- later. Have a good day. I saw on a radio website a thread of people talking about this exact thing. You know, there's so much, there's life after radio. And they were really life getting after into any job, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm sure if you worked like in retail sales and and you could you could be like you could become obsessed with your targets and making sure you hit that and like what stores doing what mm. and are you gonna make manager this month? And that's all good stuff because it's like you know, we all we all wanna contribute to society and have interesting jobs and, and have things that we are fulfilled by and some of them love doing that, no doubt. But there's just that thing of going Ultimately, it's like well, yeah. mm. it, it, we, we create these small worlds because it's like how it's 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 like who we follow on social media and stuff like that. If someone goes off social media, nothing happens. I, yeah, and then I'm I'm like I don't necessarily like they go off your radar a little bit in some regards. Which I is often play that game with myself where I'm like yeah. I sometimes take mini breaks from it without doing that thing where you tell everyone you've taken a break, yeah. which yeah, is it's... like to get attention for the fact that you didn't want attention for a while, <laughs> but. But I'm like, for all, like, let's say I don't even know how many people I follow. Lots, like yeah. four, five hundred. Mm-hmm. I often play that mini game with myself, like, and I, you know, let's say like Kelly Slater, not yeah. a huge surfing fan. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good guy, but like, I follow him, right? And yeah. so I would be part of his million people or ten million people who are giving him. him so much attention, given that it's like that's, I, that's the point. Isn't but it? I notice, like, I was just thinking about this the other day, like. Sure, when he posts, I notice something. But I wouldn't if he stopped posting. Yeah, mm, if anyone know. that I follow stopped posting, I wouldn't be like, "Oh my god, what's happened to Kelly Slater?" I'm going to yeah. go to his profile page and just see what's up. Yeah, which which, of course, no one would do that. Yeah. Like you just be like, "Yeah, 500 other people were posting," and so I gave them my attention. Mm. And like, who cares what Kelly? Like, go and do whatever you're doing. Kelly, he might be on a hike. He might be fucking hanging out with his family or like kayaking somewhere, possibly surfing. But it's that thing of going. <laughs> But if we're to go off, we, if when we're like, I'm taking a break, or you hear people be like, oh my God, I haven't posted in two weeks. Yeah. You're like, I don't think anyone mm, notices yeah. that. Here's, here's, I've got some breaking news for you. No one cares. And yeah. that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You should be relieved by that because it, you're not beholden to having to, to having to feed this animal. Like, no one will care if you don't post. Well, this is, I'm not saying people don't appreciate it when you do post, 100%. but just so you know, no one will care it's if so you don't. True. But we feel the pressure because, you know, you look at what we're trying to build, Josh, yeah. and our businesses, yeah. the show, and, and <clears throat> you do feel that pressure to be throwing stuff out there. But there's know? also the thing of, and this is what we've built the Daily Talk Show on, is nobody gives a fuck. Yep. Which doesn't mean which, you shouldn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. But the awesome thing is that that whole filter means that what we talk about and what we like, we need to enjoy doing it. We're not yeah, doing that's this. What, that's what I come yeah. back to. So on for social media, yeah, I think people find that thing of going like, shit, I, you know, uh, I got to feed something. Like I, I had a good run for a bit or whatever. Yeah. Like what am I going to put up? And it's just not like that's when I think it, it's. Got, it's got a hold of people for the wrong reasons because it's like, hey, like I had to break it to you, but guess what? You now work for Facebook for free because <laughs> you're sitting there at night going, shit, what can I? What a what an amazing company! Like you've got people sitting there going, how can I add? How can I contribute? How can I do some work for Facebook? Which is essentially what we're saying. How can I spend my time? working for Facebook to create things that will capture other people's attention so Facebook can sell ads. Yeah. How can I do that? And we're like dedicating all this mental real estate to it. Like, it's unbelievable. Facebook yeah, is yeah. like, we're not sitting here going, shit, man, I 
uh, I work for a radio station, but I'm just wondering how I could come up with a mortgage product for ANZ that would get <laughs> more first home buyers locked into a fixed term rate. I don't work for them. I'm just interested in like, yeah. how can I help the business? <laughs> it's just such a weird thing to do. Like, I'm, I wonder if I could think of a new role for Brumbies that would be like a real killer <laughs> role. Uh, just love to see them do it. Well, that's what's great about pod- the reason that I think Tommy and I are doing the podcast is partly because it is platform agnostic, yep. which means that it can be played anywhere. It's not owned by any algorithm. It's like we can park it wherever we want. It could mm. be that I think people get obsessed with is it radio? Is it a podcast? It's all like the reality with podcasting was before 2004, you could listen to audio just like you could with a podcast. The only difference was you're adding an RSS feed and you can subscribe, mm. right? You literally, the extra step was just taken away so you would just get it downloaded straight away. Yep. And that's a th- like these, I think that we get obsessed with the platforms too. So we, like people are talking about how we're going to beat the algorithm, how we're going to do this, how we're going to do that. But like us as humans have these like core things that even if you go back really far haven't changed mm-hmm. what takes and, your attention well, and what I was going to say like just to round out that point was like that's why like podcasting social media these are, have great applications but I think for my my own philosophy is like if you're if you can stay in that space where you're doing it for fun where you're doing it because you're enjoying doing it like like you guys are enjoying doing the mm-hmm. podcast like you you enjoy making the show and so you shouldn't like it's great it's a it's that perfect mix of like where it's a challenge and it's and we never know what's going to happen and like mm. you're making something like it's fun to make things and that and I like social media because you know when you have an idea that kind of like suits that format it's fun to make things like it's fun to create something like create a moment or create a feeling or create a, a you know create a create a small piece of entertainment or a story or whatever it is if you're in the mood and that's that's why you did it because you were like oh, I had this have this thing in something that feels like it'll be fun to make that for now and then you leave it right so that's that's it used for good I think well that's using it within a social context but what about if you actually want to make what is the equivalent of what you were doing within radio the live reads and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing how do you how do you do that within a social media context that we're now well in? I think I mean you look at live reads as a bit of a cost of doing business i suppose so like, is that like a sponsored post is the cost of doing business that well it was know, a, yeah more i mean it was our job more so like i mean there is in any commercial form like radio tv there's a bit of a deal with the devil because it's like well we don't just get to we don't just get paid to do this because radio stations mm-hmm. are nice people who want you to have money for having fun <laughs> yeah you're it's the same business model. We're selling attention. Like the radio station is selling attention, obviously, to advertisers. Like they're going, we can put shit on our network that will capture millions of people's attention in the afternoon and we can sell them, we can sell their ears to you and they'll listen to your ads. And we're part of that. We, you know, we're part of that equation. That's what commercial radio is. If you don't want to be part of that, then that's what Triple J is. Yeah. So, you know, and our and our judgment call, I suppose, is going on that. Well, we think we could still exist in that atmosphere, and it still be a good deal for people. Like we, hopefully, we can create a show where, even though you have to listen to ads, it's still the trade off still worth it for people in the afternoon. And that was our that's your that's your judgment call. And I say same thing with sponsored posts. Got nothing against people doing sponsored posts or, or 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 using their social media or or their Facebook or whatever it is or their podcast for an income stream. If you th- still think the trade-off's worth it for your 
your people your that you've built, your community that you've built, if you're like, all right, well, I think I'm making the call here as I guess the moderator or like the the curator of this 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 little microcosm, I, st- mm-hmm. I think this is worth it for you guys. I still mm-hmm. think this is worth it. Um, maybe it's maybe it's making you sit through an ad. Maybe it's um, put up a sponsored post, but I still think it could be funny and 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 it's a product that you guys that people could conceivably mm-hmm. like. And if you if you really really hate it, the cost is you scroll past it. And like if that's what you had to pay, and then the rest is still fun, then maybe that's. I think that's still worth it. I think it. it's such new days too because so many people have got it wrong. So many people are I think you're essentially sort of going, I, I love what, you know, social media is super fun and you build a community and podcasting for us and for you guys is super fun. You've got a great community and you become protective of that community too, which I think is a good thing. Like we're super protective of our podcast community I, you know, like I haven't really ever done, um, I've done like flirted with like a brand partnerships here and there with, with like stuff online, but massively not like, yeah. I just, I don't really look at Dems, but when I do, I'm like, no, sorry, sorry. Like yeah. you just, it's just full of people going, Hey, we're teeth whitening, we're furniture, we're whatever. <laughs> and that's fine. And people do. And that's, that's, and good luck to them. But you sort of like, all right, well, I reckon it comes down to not grossly deviating from what people expect. Yeah. So it's like if you've built a world that, that where you're advertising shit all the, all the time, great, because that's what people expect from that account and that's what people expect from that experience. And if you've – like we just started on commercial radio. We never were anything else. No one ex, no one was surprised to hear us mm-hmm. doing ads or doing the things that people do on commercial radio. If we'd have started on Triple J and got you know a following after two or three years and then decided to jump to commercial radio, that's a harder gear change to make even though yeah. it's sh- – the end result would have been the same. Yeah, it would have had people going. Well, this is not what I expect from I feel this like thing. Triple, the uh, Triple J narrative, the media are loving that. I feel like that's the the last Hamish Blake mention I've I've seen is um, what was it? It was uh, you guys were given a deal or something to Triple. I think you made a mention on some podcast and then they got. Right. Oh, they jumped onto it. A, yeah, they jumped onto Give it. Of, so free, uh, free, yeah. free pub. Yeah. Oh, when did we talk about that? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and so the um. Did you ever feel within the context of commercial radio, did you ever feel like it tipped towards you guys just feeling like used as a as puppets or not even puppets, just sort of like this this product? And have you felt burnout before? No, I mean not 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 burnout from that. I think that's that's where it comes down to relationships. Like if you you know in that commercial world like at the end of the day you're you sign a contract that says words to the effect of we pay you money you do these things that we oh you know you are part of a commercial network so like mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if it actually says it in there but i mean i'm sure it does like i'm sure yeah. there is actually language going if you have to do if, if a client has to you yeah. know if you have to read a message you got to read a message like or whatever it is like the actual nuts and bolts of this is what we're paying you to do. Like you, you have to the do the equivalent it. of the show notes. <laughs> it's the show notes. It's the legal show notes. But I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. that's but, the black and white, right? Yeah. Then you're putting your faith in the people you work with, like in the management, to, to go, making the right calls. Please don't fuck us. Yeah, yeah. Like, please, but also, you, you know, it would be in your interest to protect us. And they're, so they're putting their faith in you to try and do the right thing by the, the, you know, the clients, I guess, that they need mm. to serve. You're putting your faith in them to try and not get you in situations where you're gonna be abused to the letter of the contract yeah. even if they could 
and that's where relationships come into it. And we've been super lucky. And then some people don't get this lucky, but like we stayed in the same spot for 10, 12 years, like at Southern Cross where we were. Um, and we still sort of are at Southern Cross because, you know, for, for a few key people, like our mm-hmm. program director, the guy that ran the station, Dave, always had our back, like higher up, the, the upper echelons of the company, always like we had a great relationship with those guys. Like you always trusted those people to not put you in positions where you were going to get exploited even mm-hmm. though they possibly could have for short-term gain according to whatever contract you signed. Mm-hmm. So that was always, that's always that. The balancing it. I reckon, and if you didn't have that kind of relationship or that kind of protection, maybe you're more inclined to get burnout. Like you could uh-huh. be... Hey, do you know friends? Or you could sit there and be like, this is not what I expected. Is that yeah. happened to friends of yours? No, you don't have to say that. Not now. really. I mean, but you see it. I mean, I suppose... But again, like you've got to take it with a grain of salt too. Like we were never... You know, we knew what we were getting into. We were lucky we had great people around us. Just those situations, like like any relationship, if everyone's trying to help the, if, if everyone's going into it, going how can I help the the people we're in this with, rather than how can I protect myself, mm. it's just such a better attitude. Did so you feel such a better environment a game, like playing a game of the commercial radio? Because I felt like when I was within the industry, it was almost a game I wasn't up for playing. Yeah, and I look at my mate Ryan over in Perth. He's I think he's good at playing the game. Yeah, yeah, it probably is a little bit of a game. I suppose you just know where to push and where to yield a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we just sort of felt that out. And look, I'm sure there were a lot of times early on where it was like, oh, well, oh, I don't know, this doesn't... You just end up doing stuff for because you know, you're tired and exhausted and there's a 500 things going on and you just end up doing something. And like, yeah, maybe it was bad or maybe it was shitty. Maybe it was just like a real crass sellout. But... The other, the other, the other caveat to is like no one remembers. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you, I'm sure we did some yeah. terrible stuff. Like some just because we were like, we didn't come up with a better idea in time, and then that we were often afforded that. And we were like, no, 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 we don't want to do this. Mm. Let us think of something better. And if we did, it was great. But that always required a lot of effort to try and kind of top what what a commercial idea was that was put in front of us to try and be like, no, can we remold that? And sometimes you just didn't. Like you just forgot to or ran out of time, and then you. Guess what? Bad luck. You're doing a bad idea. Tried to limit those, but I'm sure there were plenty of yeah. them. But like, I don't know. They just get swept away. And I'm sure there was. If you go back and find an odd bit from 2009, oh, be well, some I'll be going back. I'll go back. This, for, for anyone on air now, there's just like a heinous back catalogue of things that are horrific. No one can be bothered listening to yeah. it. So it's just going to be lost to the Unless ages. Unless Tommy brings it up, because <laughs> I I told a squeegee story back oh, in yeah. thirty episodes ago, which and I just brought it up anyway. But um, uh, finally, what's what's the thoughts on when you see what TJ and I are working on? You know, this sort of realm. Like, what sort of outsider looking in? You know, other people doing podcasts. What's your commentary on what's happening? At the moment, in terms of what you guys are doing, yeah, like, and what's an just, air check, no, bro? Yeah, yeah. Well, just in this, I reckon like, it does. You know, I reckon it comes back to what we were talking about. I think it's. I, I genuinely think it's great with what you guys are doing because number one, you're doing it, which already puts you ahead of ninety nine percent of the field because you're doing it mm. and you committed to something. You set yourselves a benchmark. It's 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 funny and it's. You know, it's a bit scary. It's a bit like, you know, you didn't go, we're going to do 100 shows and we know what's going in every show. Mm You were just like, well, we, you built, in a funny way, like you kind of built an algorithm, which was like, do one show. um, If completed, do one more. And like you ran that program and that's just, you don't know what it's going to be. It was a program to stop thinking, overthinking, right? Which is great, which so many people do. I'm guilty of it all the time. Like I love that you guys are doing it because 
the easiest way to not do something is to be like, well, I'll just wait until it feels perfect. I'll wait until I can really see it. Mm. And you just started doing it. And you started doing it because it's fun. It goes back to yeah. what I was saying before. I was like, this, it goes back to when we were talking about like radio ideas. You just went, well, it feels fun. Like mm. it feels the step that like the, the, the physical act of putting one foot in the other in front of the other is feeling fun. Even if you don't know where you're walking to, the physical act of the motion of doing it, of the momentum of doing a show clearly is fun for you guys that's the reason to do it this like, is the biggest creative endeavor i've committed to i reckon yeah. that hasn't had money attached to it but it's also felt the easiest because it's just been you know i feel like it's like uh, having low expectations with connecting that with ambition and creativity and enjoyment yeah. feels like a good so like we're we're not expecting like heaps heaps of listeners or whatever mm. and the hope is that if we do lots and lots and lots um it just gets better and better and better but i also think too you just putting i mean someone said it to us really early days they were like you just need flying hours guys mm-hmm. like there's just no shortcut to it like there's just no shortcut it doesn't matter how much natural talent someone has if they never start doing it they will be really quickly trumped by the guys mm. that had no talent but yeah. did 50 shows yeah. because that's what counts. So I've, heard, I've heard quite a few people say about you uh, that you have a lot of natural talent, and I'm sure you do. How much hard work is there into in that as well? Because I think that's left out of the equation a couple of times that I've heard people saying that. I reckon that whatever the, the amount of hard work is, that's the bit that changes you from just whatever the shape of rup rough bit of clay you are into something else better or worse like I definitely sound a lot different than I used to on air like I hear back old tabs I'm like oh I was like (laughs) far I was somehow very nasal fast I almost have like a British accent (laughs) because I was I you know what if I don't even remember consciously choosing to be like that but it's just nerves like it was just Josh had a Russian accent for the first 15. (laughs) It's a heightened sense, I think, right? It's the the reason that like the... It's easy to fall into. It's the Daily Talk Show. I'm doing a performance, and I'm Josh yeah. Jansen, and this is. It's that fucking. Don't do that. It's yeah, but, <laughs> but that's the that's the area which, like, at the beginning, yeah. you um you 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 try and act like you're probably meant def- to be there. Probably a defense mechanism yeah. to to just be like, oh, if I'm high energy, and I'm laughing a lot, and yeah. I'm saying fast things, yeah. then um then I'm. And on paper, I must be having a good time. Yeah, and I, you can't, you, you, you will never find out yeah. I'm scared if yeah. I'm yelling. No, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess it's just that, and everyone falls into that trap in a version of that. I think because no one just sort of comes on air and there is just a pure. But you just spend. This just takes a long time, I think, to get to realize that if the worst thing that can happen isn't that bad, so just, just basically just calm down yeah I think it just takes a while to calm down I think. yeah absolutely um, sometimes like years or for me I reckon five years six years it took to calm down and what, what about the dynamic change between when it's and sorry and that that's for however much or little hard work there yeah. is I reckon that's the difference like just mm. even if it's not hard work just the just trying to run it again like just do it again do it mm. again do it again do it again like do a few thousand shows and it's like alright you'll just naturally change. Yeah. Like, I guess the hard work is just to make sure you keep turning up and you're doing all the things you need to do to make sure you're enjoying it and you're doing it for the right reasons. What was yeah. the conversation at the beginning? Like what I'm really curious about, and I don't necessarily think many people do a good job of explaining it, is you can talk about the success that you have 
now and you can look maybe a year, two years, three years back. But I feel like uh, a lot of people who are successful don't do a good job of actually talking about the early days. If you try and get into that moment, what was it actually like when you rocked up at the radio station in the morning? Like, was it texting with Ando during the, like in the evenings about this, what we're going to talk about or like put yourself in that position? What was the vibe like? To, to, to probably follow on from the previous point, I reckon there was a lot of doing, honestly, a lot of doing what we thought you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Like probably 90% of what we were doing was stuff we thought you should be doing. And remember, we're young too, so you're kind of like trying to show off to each other and... Mm-hmm. and Phoners, have you shaved your dog? Yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> or bird. But we, but there was like a... There's that natural thing of like, going, well, you got to remember like when you're young, it's that thing of pretending like you know what's up. Yeah. Well, I reckon we did a lot of that. Like we, we were nervous and we wanted it to be good, but we also were tr- probably just trying to do the thing we thought you should be doing in that we got lucky out of that like that just gets you to turn up I reckon because yeah. that otherwise you might just be too scared to turn up if it was like no everything has to be like completely original or whatever or having said that we like we're like but no we want to do things different we want to like try who's the reference point of that it would have just been station? other radio shows like yeah. it would have just been who else was who else was on or maybe looking back at like the stuff we'd love from like Martin Malloy days or whatever what that is and I reckon anyone in a creative field does this you're just trying on different, like you're just trying to pattern match a few different other things to see if that feels like you. Yeah. And I thought you were going to say hats and it was going to remind me of the first time I ever uh, interviewed you on Josh speaking. I was like, I you think... You the hot chocolate hat on? Yeah, yeah I probably yeah. did. Oh, no, you no, know, no, I love haters. Pretty, yeah, I love yeah, haters. I still got but it was, uh, that was the one hat that I've kept. But I remember you hadn't done many podcasts at no, all at that no. time. Uh, and we just sort of connected and I, I was so excited uh, about interviewing you and I remember doing like spending way too long trying deconstructing like your thought process on you asked where me a lot you about hats. hats. <laughs> yeah, you did, yeah, Josh was like, what's, what's the, like you have a strategy with your hats? So I was like, man, I didn't even realize I had a lot of hats. <laughs> but um, yeah, like trying on a lot of hats like and uh, you, would know, you would know that I've... Um, like I'm very active and committal when it comes to rebrands, and yeah. um, you declared the, the other way. Glasses are a big one, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> I'm every single time, and I, I still uh, kind of miss the old glasses. Did you say that? But this is the thing. Like Haim had the biggest fuck off beard you've ever seen, and he was um, having a go at my glasses, which I thought was a bit rich. But um, tell, tell him what you declared the other day. What did I declare? I can't Either even. You, the guys. I've dropped the hat. Oh yeah, well yeah, I'm not. I don't. He's not a hat guy anymore. anymore. It's really elegant, this new Josh, and I just don't know if I'm ready for it because old Josh was like hats and thick glasses. I was like, yeah, 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 that fits our perception of Josh. Now it's like only you. It's like you play cello. You only wear concert. You only wear concert blacks, and you have frameless glasses. Is it too, these are these are the new promo shots. We we went and if you got a rebrand, you might as well. Have promo shots. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, they're great. It's really good. But you've gone, you know, you're black and white. You don't wear a hat. Is it too try hard? Is it only try hard if you try hard? Because I'm not trying hard. 
But does it look like... It's one of Josh's big concerns of being yeah. the try-hard. It's definitely one of those photos where you're like, we're trying to tell a story in the photo because you've got like the recording equipment. Is it, this was my biggest concern and I wanted to talk... I said to... One of the, the only things I said to Tommy that I wanted to talk Your to about... Your monitoring levels, you've got the you've got the equipment slung over but you. Hang on, but look it at is the, the reality right now. This is... Tommy's mic technique have you said like it's oh, yeah. outrageous I'm loose uh, the, yeah. the, plos- mean, the plosives but that's insane. not what promo shots are well so this was the like thing the, right? the promo shots of the voice isn't everyone just sitting there with their backs to the thing like, <laughs> like scratching their head trying to listen to music it's them all front and center smiling yeah, like, that's yeah. not them doing the show what was it I, I just feel like over the course of your otherwise career, it would be a screenshot <laughs> <laughs> like, every promo would just be a screenshot but your um, uh, his his Luther's new cover is him just knocking on a door, like the back of his head, waiting for the door <laughs> to open, because that's what he does. Have you had bad photo shoot experiences? Terrible, where, terrible. Where but this comes back to, to this comes back to early days. You're like, all right, well, what does everyone do? Like, you mm. do you know what it is? I reckon early days, you, on air, off air, whatever, new industry. You're just expecting that people will be able to tell you what to do, yeah. essentially, like to go, I oh, don't know, no, you do this. Then you realize no one knows. Yeah. Everyone's making it up. Yeah. Then after a while you go, well, if everyone's making it up, we might as well make it up. Yeah. And then do after, a better job of it. Then after a bit you're like, well, hang on a sec. Now people are asking us how to do it and yeah. we know we're making it up. <laughs> so somehow we must have just got a bit further down the chain. So early days, promo shoots, yeah, all the time. It became a running joke, but at the time we just fell for it always. We were like, all right, you guys, what are you guys, a duo, mates? Yeah, yeah, we're mates. All right. Do something a bit zanier with him. Um, like, what do you mean? Get, get him in a headlock. Get him in a headlock. Always get him in a headlock. There are so many. There's like two or three photo shoots early days before we just learnt that you were allowed to go, oh, I don't know if that's us. I don't think we'll do that. Just constantly in the headlock. It was like a judo championship. <laughs> it was just both constantly. What in. were the insecurity? Did you have insecurities? Like, I think that I've got a slight insecurity. I think that one of the slurs within radio is if there's any whiff of someone thinking you're trying to be Hamish and Andy, it's like the... That sucks for everyone else because we really, we just buzz that position by being two guys. <laughs> yeah. We've had so... Like, there's so many people that have come along going, oh, yeah, we got told like we're two Hamish and Andy. I'm like, that really sucks because I can... I definitely don't think you're trying to be Hamish and Andy. You just happen to be two male friends. Yeah. I'm so sorry. We just yeah. stole that from you and it had been long enough since Martin Malloy... That no one accused us of stealing yeah, that mate, move. It's what I had early days. I told someone who's quite high up in radio. They said, oh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, kind of similar Hamish and Andy podcasts out there. Yeah. Well, what did you tell them? I was like, guys, there's only really two. So, I mean, I mean, I don't want to get into the debate about gender fluidity, but yeah. there's guys and girls on the planet. Yeah. And like, <laughs> for, so if two people are doing something, there's really only four combinations it can be. They can't own one quarter of all the combinations <laughs> yeah. of humans. Do you think that there's just going to be, you know, if if you were us, is there like I've I haven't thought about what we're doing as mainstream at all. Is that the difference that what you were doing was this mainstream pursuit or being the the one that you yeah. can have in the car and not be offensive? Like we I, mean, try- I think that's all that's all the stuff that you try and like pretend there was a plan in retrospect. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we just we just doing our best. Like well, honestly, we were just turning up every day. Our algorithm was try and make the other guy laugh. Mm-hmm. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. Because you're on a commercial network or a commercial TV network, there Kids is in cars, there is it. yeah, there's a few other considerations yeah. and you're aware that you're being paid money to do it and if you want to keep earning that money or you want to keep getting a chance to do it again, you have to be good enough to hit a certain threshold like whatever that number is, like there is a, a line in the sand somewhere whereas if 
less people than this amount listen, I'm sorry, but we have to get someone else so you guys don't get to do this anymore. But if more people listen, congratulations, you do get to do it again. Mm. So that was the, the, you know, the goal was keep doing it because it's fun. But you guys... You will get to do show 101 yeah. because you're in charge of it. Yeah. So that's and it's you've tomorrow. already met, you've met that goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, we we're talking about that this week. Yeah. If the, you were like, oh, well, sorry, we've got a thing on the website where if 100 people don't opt into the show, we don't do one. Then yeah, you yeah. you might might find yourselves trying to yeah. tweak stuff to get that those ticks in the box, but that's what makes your show good. You're not, yeah. you don't have that. I mean, even Tommy said something the other day that really resonated with me, which was, I think um, it used to be cool to have a boss, right? So you think about even Hamish and Eddie, it was like, oh, grumpy Dave has said yeah. we can't do this. It was fun. It was an easy yeah. common enemy. Basic, yeah. yeah. And, basic psychology. Yeah. But, grumpy but, Dave was a great guy. Was <laughs> <laughs> well, still yeah. Yeah. But, but now, um, like there feels like there's a shift now, which is like, uh, you know, people were still on air doing that sort of thing, but the I heard it recently. I heard yeah. someone doing that exact same shit. Yeah, which is like, oh, the bosses have said we can't do this, but we're going to do it anyway. We're our own fucking bosses, and we'll just we're going to publish this shit. And it's it doesn't like, matter. What I said That's was, it. it's, it's like, cool now to be the boss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys are the bosses of this podcast. Yeah, bloody hell. Feel and good? that's why we can talk for as long as we want. Yeah, and until I get some social cue that we have to end, we're just going <laughs> to keep on going. Well, let me say this as a prediction: as we wrap up the hundredth episode, at episode a thousand, this show will have either become something else or sparked a new idea. Like this, this show will have been the platform for the next genesis yeah. of you guys and it could mm. well be massive, but it might not be this show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It might be the thing that you needed to do 630 episodes of before the penny dropped and the light went on and suddenly something became so obvious to you that you couldn't believe you didn't mm. think of it 630 shows earlier. Mm-hmm. But my philosophy is and my, my belief is you've got to do those 630 shows to find it. Like you've got to... You just got to go on the journey to to get the epiphany. Like you know, you got to if you want, you got to create space to have an idea. You got to you got to push for. You got to show up. You got to just keep doing the work till you get to the next spot. There's no, it would never have happened if you just were like, all right, you know, we're gonna go on a holiday and really, really, really think about our futures until it sparks <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. I think the fastest way. It's a paradox. To get, but hang on, isn't that what you're doing this year? <laughs> Ten weeks, slightly, slightly different, slightly different thing. My goal is to not be busy, so just I'll make it. Yeah, yeah. I will achieve that goal. <laughs> I can, I can do that right now. I can fall. I can just go limp, and I'll, I'll win. <laughs> but for you guys who go, all right, well, where, like, where's this? Where's the next iteration coming? Like, where's the next mm. level coming? I, I promise you, it's just on the other side of keeping on doing it. Mm. So, we get, so we're gonna get to six thirty. Will you come back for the six hundred thirty? I promise you, it's at six thirty. I can't. Yeah. I know what it is. I can't see what it is. We already. I've <laughs> and, you know, I remember me and Andy's six hundred thirtieth episode, and we were like, "Oh yeah, great." Do you, now we do know. you remember counting the episodes? No, it was only in hindsight we went back and we were like generously. I think gave ourselves like ah oh, forty weeks a year, five two hundred, yeah two hundred a year. But it was probably way less than two hundred. Podcasters a year. are a bit of a joke in the sense of how we count this shit. Like, because every single we're, day, uh, doing like, 40, doing- like we're doing forty a year. It's outrageous yeah. the song and the dance we're making about our podcast <laughs> because we have nothing else to promote. So, like, we're doing publicity about our podcast. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, great podcast, well done." And I sit there going, "Yeah, but we've been doing a podcast. We've probably done about three thousand episodes <laughs> of the podcast. We were just never really." 
It's never been the only thing we had to talk about, so we've never mm. mentioned it before. Well, Joe Rogan, a thousand, one thousand one hundred and fifty or something. But yeah, that's but crazy. talk about the radio, like the radio show. Like that's what I was saying to you, TJ. Like you did all these episodes in Shepparton, and the thing about these, I'm the glad sis- they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Deliberately unpodcasted. But the, the the system is that there's like lots of people doing that in regional areas and all that sort of thing, and. We've created a system where they're sort of boxed in to a certain spot. Okay, so you've got metro, you've got regional and that sort of thing. And podcasting is like democratizing all of that and yeah. saying that I like that we create confusion where we can get promo shots done and look like a big fucking breakfast show and we're just two dudes making yeah. no money yeah. on this. I think mm. you might have, yeah, you've cracked a little bit of it. So you're kind of trumping it. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you, just tell everyone this is massive. 100%. Man, thanks so much for. Spending the time, Thanks, I think total pleasure. The thing, Thanks, bro. the thing that I always tell when people say what's Hamish like, I think that people underestimate. Uh, due to the fact that you're so funny, people forget how or don't realize how thoughtful, intelligent, and just like. A good person you are. So oh, thanks, Joshy. My ears Check on the show notes. My, <laughs> my ears. Do, whenever I say something nice about someone, my ears ring. It's really annoying. A, and tears come out his should eyes. I go to a psychologist. <laughs> anyway, it's the Daily Talk Show. Everyone, send us an email. Hi at the Daily Talk Show. Just make the list. Dot com. It's Michelle, <laughs> Sean, oh, Jody, B, Mac, Trevor, Derek, Russ, Robert. Right thanks about. for the email. You still got ten lines on the exercise book. Make that list, guys. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Thanks, man.